Hey, Uncommon Leaders, welcome back. This is the Uncommon Leader Podcast, and I'm your host, John Gallagher. This week, I place a coaching client directly in the interview spotlight, and you're going to love this story. My guest is Kelly Anther, the Director of Primary Care Access Operations at Atrius Health in Boston, Massachusetts. I so appreciate chatting with Kellyanne about her uncommon leadership journey from being a young child and afraid to share her thoughts to leading a team of over 200 at one of the largest physician practices in the Northeast. Kellyanne articulates her passion for personal growth and team growth, and her story is sure to inspire you as well. Let's get started. Hello, Kellyanne there. Welcome to the Uncommon Leader Podcast. I'm glad to have you. This is a chance for the listeners of the Uncommon Leader Podcast to get to know a little bit more about you. So I'm pretty excited about our conversation today. So I'll jump right in with the first question I start off every first time guest on the podcast. And that's tell me something from when you were young or when you were a child that still impacts who you are as a leader today. Who I am as a leader today. I definitely have to give a lot of credit to, to my mom. This is probably going to come as a surprise to you, knowing how long you've known me. However, when I was younger, I didn't share my thoughts or even talk a lot in in groups. And I definitely wasn't someone to try new things. My mom pushed me a lot in that area. She was someone that was very outgoing. She wasn't afraid to try new things or meet new people. So she would challenge me to get out there. And she really helped teach me that fear is more about my imagination versus the reality of what what was going to to occur. So I did start to become more comfortable. And before I knew it, I was involved in so many different extracurricular activities and had a part time job that I was virtually never, never home. I was always on the go. And the, the things that I did were so variable. It was, you know, I did drama club, I did cheerleading, I did vicar, I did softball, I did volunteer work. It, it just, I, I kind of got a little out of control. And I can recall a few years later, right around graduation, my mom saying to me, you know, Kelly, when I suggested you try things that, that were new and different. I didn't mean everything. <laughs> <laughs> not everything. Yes. No, that's a, that's a great story. And so you think now I actually find the the first part of it, well, it's fascinating. And thank you for sharing that about your mom. But you also said, I might be surprised by that. Why would I be surprised by that in terms of, oh, you might've been, didn't share your thoughts. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. So your mother encouraged you, and that's who I have to blame for the many ways you share your thoughts now. And and for, the, again, the listeners, I've had the opportunity to work with Kellyanne for about the past 12 years. We can go back and really talk about the first rapid improvement event that we met each other and that we worked on in Boston, Massachusetts, which was fun in and of itself. But I can understand how she would think I would be surprised there because Kellyanne is a leader that's not afraid necessarily to share her thoughts and what's happening. And frankly, I believe that's a good thing. So let's let's talk about actually that a little bit more with regards to who you are. So if we go back, gosh, 12 years, 13 years, 2000, yeah, 2010, April 2010 was when I met you and worked with you for the first time. So that's you know over 12 years ago. 
for a little while. We were uh, working together in Boston, doing rapid improvement events, and then now from a coaching standpoint. But how are you different today than you were 12 years ago as a leader as well? So you have the similarities of sharing your thoughts more since when you were young, but how are you different today than you were 12 years ago? I would say probably the biggest difference is, is 12 years ago, I was a leader focused on myself in my own development. And when I fast forward, I'm now in the fortunate opportunity where I get to lead, lead other leaders. I mean, you know, I think back, yes, I was a supervisor. I had staff that reported to me and it's, it, it's just a different different level now when you have other leaders that are on their journey and you're now the one that they're uh, looking to ad ad advice and guidance for as they continue whatever path they're on. Well, no doubt about it. We've watched you grow on that leadership journey, or I've watched you grow. I say we, because we'll probably get a chance to talk about one of our other uh, friends in crime over the past few years as well on this podcast, Kim Cheney, and I know he'll be happy to hear this podcast, but let's just dive into it. So you said you were focused on self and that self-development. And really, when you think about the essence of Growing Champions, the company that I that I started just a couple of years ago, you know, we are committed to equipping leaders who develop as leaders on their own, who will develop other leaders. And so you've had the opportunity in your growth pattern to now begin to be responsible, if you will, for equipping other leaders on your journey. And before I talk about how you did that, what's been the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome within that in both going from developing self to developing other leaders? Simplest thing is having the confidence that I can, I mean, I'm, I'm wise enough to guide, guide others that, that I lead them in the right path or that I don't overlead them down the the path I think I think that they're going on. Well confidence is very important when you talk about it from a leadership standpoint. And again, I've heard stories already and I may ask you to share one here in a little bit with regards to how you've had an impact on those people that you lead. But let's let's stay on this confidence for for just a minute as a challenge and we'll move into the next box, if you will, of the problem solving. And how, how have you overcome that challenge? What have been the ways you've been able to overcome that challenge, the lack of confidence? I never, I never stopped getting coaching myself. So I think one of the things that I've been taught, you being one of those, those, those individuals, is the importance of always having someone that is there to not sometimes coach you, sometimes just hear where, where you're going and, and help with guidance or phrases or even just, you know, sometimes that smack upside the head that you need to, to have you pause and 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 not not go too far. So I think remembering the experiences that I had when someone was leading me and replicating those and then making sure that I'm humble enough to know when 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 to stop and pause. I love that. I think the smack up the side of the head. I can't wait to ask you how you actually put that into play as well in your own leadership journey. Maybe you keep that at home with Sean. I'm not really sure, but we'll talk about that and smacking him when you really want to smack somebody else, including your coach. 
But I appreciate you sharing that. And I love the idea about being humble enough to know that you need to continuously be coached yourself. And that's, that's the part of it. And again, you know, as we look at the journey, as we've stayed in touch over the years, even when we stopped, let's say, the work in Boston in 2015 at Harvard Vanguard, but really moving forward on the coaching journey, I have appreciated that from you. And my guess is that you always, you haven't always been a great receiver of feedback like you are today. So let's take that and going back 12 years in terms of how you've changed. Because I don't believe that you accepted that smack in the side of the head or that coaching the same way 12 years ago as you may be accepting it today in terms of some of that change. How have you learned to to accept that constructively in your journey? So I, for, for me, I think it's it, it started with, with the who, the relationship, and the trust. So it, anytime you hear something about yourself that's not wonderful, you always have that, you know, of that ego moment of, you know, who, who the hell are you? And, and if you can get past that and you trust the person that's giving you the feedback and you realize where it's coming from and the intent behind it, it, it really helps get past that. And over time, especially when you get both the positive reinforcement as well as the, the, the constructive, it just becomes part of, part of the pattern. And eventually you yearn for it, you know, and you want the details. You don't want to hear you did good. You want to know what specifically did I do good so I can keep doing that. And what areas do I have for improvement? And it's now become to that point where it's frustrating if someone can't give you that because then it means you have to search for other ways to get better because that individual isn't, isn't for whatever reason, taking the time to give you those details. Kellyanne, that's, that's huge. So understanding that leaders listen to this, that as growing leaders, you identify somebody that does want to grow as a leader, they need to hear feedback from both standpoints. They need to hear that affirming and understanding when they're doing things right, but they also need to hear specifically what they're not doing right so that they can grow from that and not make those same mistakes over and over again. And if you're not getting both of those things in your feedback, it's going to be very difficult to grow. You'll end up staying in the same place. You'll try to repeat some of the good behaviors that they may be talking about, but you also repeat the same bad behaviors that they don't necessarily uh, give you the feedback on that you need to. So I think that's that's critical in that journey is, A, you touched on it, it's trusting the person who's giving you the feedback and you build that trust over time. But secondly, once you do trust them, once you do have that that care for that person that you talked about, then you know that they're not doing that, they're not giving you that feedback uh, from a negative standpoint, it is constructive and they're doing it for the best for you. And again, as you've grown as a leader of other leaders, you've had to learn to do that. So let me come full circle with it. And I want you to tell me a story about how you had to do that with someone that you were developing. What's the process that you use to give good feedback and constructive feedback? And what was the outcome? What was a good outcome? Let's know what a good outcome was for you. So 
And it, it, it's interesting because I because I went to the, the the one example that I had the first time that I ever gave this individual feedback, they cried, which I felt awful about. And I went at it all about the, the, the same ways, good intent, trying, trying to help them along their, their journey. What I, what I missed in that, in that moment was paying attention to where they were on their journey and their readiness for the direct conversation. So what I learned in that was not don't give the feedback. It's the approach in which you give the feedback and how, when I, when I say, you know, you know, you know, direct, you know, versus kind of working up to working up to, to, to that part of the conversation and understanding, have they gotten feedback before? What, how do they prefer to, to get feedback? I hadn't learned that step in, in the, the, the process before I just went in all well, well in, in intended. And, um, you know, again, the ultimate result was, was, was tears. Fast forward that same, you know, in individual, once I learned their approach, once I learned what their history had been with getting feedback previously. And once I earned their trust, we were able to have those those conversations and she went from someone that want said she wanted it wasn't really ready for it to someone that was in the same boat she she was yearning for it and wanted to hear more about her opportunities than her successes because she had this drive to just continuously improve who she was not only as a leader as a, uh, you know, as, as a person. And it was, it was really wonderful to see. Kelly, uh, first, and, and I, I, I say this somewhat tongue in cheek, but congratulations. You've had someone you've given feedback, made them cry. So I've done that before as well, not intentionally. And it happens and you're exactly right. It has the potential to have horrible feeling and we could drive down that, we could drive down that road for a good while, just talking about how to deal with some of those t- types of things. But I love the realization and again, the growth in terms of saying, look, I need to meet this person where they are on their own personal journey. And not everybody on my team is going to be or receive that feedback in exactly the same way. So my approach has to dif- differ with each team member. It doesn't mean that I treat them necessarily differently. I'm still consistent. I'm still going to provide feedback. But you look for the right approach that gets gets the right result from your team. So congratulations on that. And there's probably a theme. So let's just talk about that from Mr. Cheney right there that might come through. What would he say in a situation like that about those those types of individuals? I'm putting you on the spot, but I know you know the answer. He would this one. say, know your chickens. Absolutely. He would say, know your chickens. So you could go back in one of the episodes. I don't know exactly which one it was. Mr. Cheney was on the podcast, but he talked about it about a year ago in terms of knowing your chickens. You got to know your people and how they're going to respond. And that's, that's a responsibility as a leader. You don't get the opportunity to just be mechanical and tell people what to do, especially in the times that we're living from a remote standpoint. Goodness gracious, and the challenges that that faces. I mean, you are primarily working remotely in the work that you do now. So to be able to develop your team, again, the way you have, has got to be, for you, very rewarding uh, in terms of that work. And to hear, I know you've told me some of the stories uh, about direct feedback they've given you as well in terms of 
you know, being thankful to you in terms of what, what is working there. So you're doing, you're doing great work in that space. And I know, you know, the first part of this interview, there are going to be several nuggets for people to listen to and understand how to give feedback, how to care about people, how to have self-confidence in yourself as you grow as a leader. That's pretty cool. I'm going to shift back a little bit for the sake of fun to your own personal development of self as well, because you've got to continue to be on that journey. You mentioned you know, the need to have a coach, that everybody needs a coach, and they want to keep going forward in a positive way. And that coach doesn't necessarily mean all the time, like us, where it's a one-on-one coaching environment. It could be reading. It could be listening to podcasts. It could be having coffee with someone that you, you know, know that you trust and is a mentor use that word trust as well. But what is, if you had to think back outside of the regular coaching, what's been one or two of the books that you've read that have had a big influence on you as well, from the standpoint of your own personal growth or leadership development journey? So it's interesting because my favorite book, which is not necessarily a book that you read from cover to cover, is John Maxwell's The Daily Reader. That's something that I've had in my possession. It was given to me as a gift back in 2010. And it is, to me, I think starting my day every day, reading that just kind of sets the tone for the the mode and the approach I want to make sure that I'm taking in whatever my day has, has ahead of me. So those of you who weren't watching, which we don't have the video part of this, I held up my Maxwell Daily Reader that I use as well and a couple others. I think that's a fantastic habit to start your day with uh, as that Daily Reader. Certainly, uh, John Maxwell and some of the things that he talks about in there does give you a good mindset going forward for the day. And that's um, pretty cool. So I'm glad that's had an influence on you. And I'm, I'm curious, when I think about the leadership development journey. I know that there are things that we have to give up as well as we go forward on the journey. So I want you to think of two things and give yourself even quiet times. Okay. With this, let's say in the last five years, okay. What habit have you developed? That's been the most powerful, powerful for you on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. And the other side of that, we talk about keep, start, and stop. What's something you've had to give up on your leadership development journey as well that has helped you that would that would help individuals looking to grow on their journey? Because you know you had a discipline like reading uh, on a daily basis, and that can be a really good thing to do. And there are only so many hours in the day, so I either got to get up early or whatever that means, or I got to give something else up. So what's been a what's been a good habit for you or good behavior for you, and what's been a bad habit or a bad behavior that you had to give up on as well? So I think the easier one to to call right out is is probably the, the the harder of of the two. I think that as you grow as a leader and work to develop others, I've had to give up more control, <laughs> which is a hard thing hard thing to do. And, and again, it gets to the you know your your trusting others to take on the work and still get to where need to go even if they do it a slightly different way than what you would you would have done and within that recognizing that part of their growth is there might be some mis 
you know, missteps or mistakes, you know, and in, 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 in how far to let them go so that they don't go off the tracks and yet you still, you know, give them the learning opportunity to, you know, course, course correct, you know, like, so, so I think that's, that's, that's been one thing that I've, that I've had to learn that's been a little harder to, to do. Hmm. And then I would say one thing that I've been pretty good at, and this is, you know, just, just, just foundational and at the same time interesting because I didn't really learn this until later in my leadership career. And it's, it's really the, the, the rigor around prepping for, you know, any sort of uh, meetings and that's from start to finish. What, what's, what's the focus? What's the purpose? Who needs to be there? How long do you need to, you know, complete the task and then the details on the back end who owns it when are they going to have it done are there summary summary notes and that has been extremely successful in a variety of things one it's, it's you've got great reference point to circle back on when decisions have been made you know accountability when you have discussions and i also think replication i think that's one thing when when i think about some of the leaders that that i have under Need me and the you know the structure and you and I use the term you know the governance structure of you know how how your system or how your team works and I think that that's one thing that has been a very consistent presence that has helped us stay on the tracks. Yeah, it's it's situational, absolutely, and that preparation, regardless of whether you're going into a feedback session with an individual, a team meeting, or a strategy session that goes forward with it, understanding what the purpose is, what your focus is going to be. And then the governance, to your point of following up, is very important. And yeah, it's difficult. I love the sacrifice with regards to giving up control. As leaders, and we read about this you know, with Maxwell, whoever it is, we do have to give up some of the control. We have to learn to delegate and trust the leaders that we're developing. But we also have to learn to trust them, knowing that things that they're doing are going to impact us. They're going to impact us as a leader and have a difference. Again, the importance of the development journey you've been on with yourself and with others and how that's been so powerful for you. Okay, we're, we're coming down to the end in terms of time, and I want to honor your time as well. So we've talked about what that may have looked like on your journey over the past 10 years or so. What's going to be different five years from now on you? You look out in the future five years, how are you going to have grown as a leader? And what do you, what do you see for yourself? What do you, what do you want to continue to work on and develop? That's a good question. So I think in in the role that I'm in now, you know, there's there's I mean, you know, anywhere in healthcare, there's lots of moving parts and and, and opportunities. You know, you know, specific specifically for me, it's the continued journey of managing in a remote environment, bridging the gap between staff that are located in multiple places and being able to bring those teams teams together so that's that's a big focal point for for me in the in the coming years i think that the increased flexibility that we've seen with with remote work has created lots of wonderful things and with with anything new there's also new challenges and we're you know i'm, I'm seeing a lot of difficulty with with the relationships and the and the, the the connections and in my leadership role I want to focus a lot on 
understanding the the why behind that and helping helping to develop new ways to to get at that knowing that you know where the the, the remote world is not is not going not going away so that's where i see a lot of a lot of my 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 time which i also think expands opportunities so that it's no longer you know one one department one building you know one 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 company like like how how do you develop that relationship and then be able to spread across much broader broader systems and and i see myself focusing a lot of my time in that area excellent the growth again as you think about it from a remote standpoint, the impact that you can have on a larger group of individuals is, I believe it's going to expand dramatically, both for you personally, but but the industry overall in terms of how things are going from a remote standpoint. And Kellyanne, look, I, there's no doubt I see that you will be impacting more people in the next few years, like those that you provide feedback to now on those few leaders. There's going to be people, when I talk about the greatest story ever too, would when you ask who's had a positive influence on who they are, because of your commitment to leadership development of self and development of others, that they're going to be individuals that write your name on their list. So I appreciate where you've been on the journey. I appreciate you sharing with regards to the challenges that you still face uh, and the development that you want to continue to go on. And I just have really uh, one last question for you. And I and I let you know really what this one is. We always finish this one off. And it's something to think about from a mantra standpoint. But I'm giving you a billboard or remotely, you know, I'm giving you the most famous uh, hashtag that you can put out on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it is, that millions of people are going to see. What's that hashtag or what's that mantra? What's that billboard going to say uh, with the message you want to deliver? And why do you want to deliver that message right now? So for me, that one, that one's a pretty easy one. I was talking with my husband about, about this one. He's, he's not as much of a fan of the, of, of this due to the fact of the emotions behind it. My favorite song is by One Republic and it's called I Lift. And I think that the title itself is, is pretty powerful. And within that song, there's, there's two, two phrases that stand out, out to me, the first one is the only way you can know is to give it all you have. Hmm. And the second one is I owned every second that this world could give. Oh, boy, if you could do that, right? If you own every second of it. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. That's pretty cool. I'm inspired by music as well. When you can find music and the words that I don't know how sometimes people put words together that can be so inspiring, but that you remember those and put those in your mind. That's pretty powerful. I lift like that. Kellyanne, thank you for sharing your time with us today. I guess one little minor question. How can the listeners stay in touch with you if they were wanna if they wanted to connect with you in the future? I am active and available through LinkedIn and people can certainly look me up. Very good. I'll put the link to your profile in the show notes so that everybody can see it. Kellyanne, I hope you've had as much fun as I have with the conversation. Again, it won't be a video, but I know people, I hope they didn't hear me, but they would have seen me laughing and listening on and being proud of what you've done as a leader. And I look forward to what's possible for you over the next five years. So thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kellyanne as much as I did. I was so confident that she was going to share knowledge, wisdom, and stories with us, and she did not disappoint. Here are a few of my key takeaways. First, Kellyanne was humble enough to share about her initial lack of self-confidence to guide others 
but she recognized the need to be coached on her journey to equip her with the tools and confidence she needed. She also chatted about paying attention to where others are on their journey to help understand the most effective approach to give feedback. Thirdly, she also recognized she would need to give up control to be more successful as a leader. And finally, I love that her reading to start her day puts her in the proper frame of mind. I'm honored to be a small part of Kellyanne's development journey. Thanks for listening into this episode of the Uncommon Leader Podcast. I'm sure there was value in it for you, and I'm confident you know someone who needs to hear this message as well. So please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, and share this podcast with someone else who needs to hear it. Until next time, go grow champions.